Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot. For everything Chicago Bulls related on today's episode, we're going to be previewing the game tonight against the New York Knicks, which is the first of two games at home against the New York Knicks, going over the injury report, who's going to be out, who's going to be in, the Bulls being valued as the fourth most valuable team in the NBA, and why does Jerry Reinsdorf treat this team like a cash cow instead of trying to build a championship team? We're going to get to all that, plus the Michael Jordan trophy right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So, as you guys know, I've been saying it for a while now. It's the one of predicting a Chicago Bulls game is one of the most difficult things for a couple of different reasons. A, especially when we have injuries, not knowing exactly what the lineup's going to be, who's going to be in the rotation, who's out of the rotation, uh, what level of player we're going to get from the Chicago Bulls. Are we going to get the Chicago Bulls that show up and play with some heart and some pride? Are we going to get the Chicago Bulls that come out flat? Like, there's so many variables that when it comes to the Chicago Bulls, and that's one of the biggest things that has been irritating this season, is you can't bet on a style or level of play from this team as a whole, you just can't. You know, some players who are going to bring it every night. Alex Caruso, if he's out there, is going to bring it on the defensive end every night. But even then, sometimes, especially when Billy Donovan puts him against longer players, he may get cooked at times. Uh, you know that uh, Drummond's going to rebound the ball well, play with some injury. You know, Goran Drodd is going to kind of run that offense when he's out there with the bench unit uh, pretty solidly. You know, DeMar DeRozan is going to maybe have a bad first half and have a much better second half. And take about 15 dribbles and 18,000 pump fakes over the course of the game. Like, you just know that those things are going to be true. But as far as, like, a level of play, right, as far as a level of competition, you just don't know what you're going to get with from the Chicago Bulls night in and night out because they've just been that inconsistent, right? They play up to competition. They play down to competition. It's, it's one of the most frustrating things in the team. And over the last couple of days, you've heard a lot of Bulls content creators, if you watch a lot of them, talk about this, the Bulls seventh in defensive rating thing. Seventh in defensive rating. I get that and I understand why that's such a big part of you'll hear about Alice Cruz and Javante Green and how they lead the league in deflection. All that is cool. All that sounds good. But when you watch this team on the court, you would there's you would not, especially in the first half of most games, there's no way you would think that this team has the seventh highest defensive rating in the NBA because they just it's it's such an odd, just you you don't have a level of play that you can stick to from this team. You just don't. And because of that, it's just led to this season kind of being one of those seasons where it's hard to predict anything for the Chicago Bulls, at least last season, right? The Bulls, like you can almost predict that they were going to play hard most nights. They may not have the defense tonight, but they were going to play hard on the offensive end. They may not have enough to get over it, but it's just, well, not, and that's not even after the All-Star break. But, you know, coming into this uh, game against the New York Knicks, the Bulls and the Knicks are the 11th and, I mean, sorry, the 13th and 14th um, offensive teams in the NBA. So what does that mean? This could either turn into a high-scoring game because neither team is too great defensively, or this could be one of those ugly games where it's low-scoring and something like that. The Bulls are also the, uh, while they do have the seventh best defensive rating, they allow uh, their opponents to score the 16th most points in the NBA. Um, and so in the New York Knicks are the 13th as far as allowing teams to score points. So again, the way that this game is going to go is really going to be determined a by who plays, who does not play. That is a big part of it for sure. Uh, when you look at 
for the Knicks. Uh, Jalen Brunson could be out. We still don't know if that's for sure or not. We got Alice Caruso. He's listed as probable. Now, he did fully complete, com complete, fully compete in practice yesterday, and he did say that he does intend to play. Iota Sumu is still questionable with this dick injury, and so because of those type of things, like, you really don't know what this team is going to look like. We don't even know the lineup in the rotation. Is Patrick Williams still going to be in the starting lineup? Is he going to be out of the starting lineup? Is Andre Drummond going to play more than 13, 14 minutes? Are they going to go to Vooch in the low post? Like, these are questions that at this point in the season, while I still do think the Bulls have more than enough time to turn it around. You know, I fight back against the skies, falling Bulls fans all the time. They think it's over. It's all done for the Bulls. They have no, no chance. All that. I do fight back against that notion because it's just not. There's too many games left to be played. But the fact of the matter is, we don't even we we don't know if if a player in in Nikola Vucevic who can get you 18 and 11 every single night is even going to be factored heavily into the offensive plan, or this team is going to take advantage if he does have a smaller player switched on him. Right? One of the things that we should say that we at this point in the season we should be able to say is that hey, when Vuce has a has a uh, has a smaller player on him, the Bulls uh exploit that that mismatch. They don't they don't do it consistently. So it's, and I don't mean to come in here and sound pessimistic. I don't mean in here to come and sound like a negative Nancy because the Bulls, absolutely, if we get that Bulls team that is locked in for all four quarters, that plays defense, that takes pride on that, that plays with the heart down the stretch that we know this team can, can play with, they can compete with anyone. But it's, it's just made the job of predicting wins and losses for the Chicago Bulls extremely hard up until this point in the season because they just don't sustain a consistent level of play in any stretch of the imagination. They just have not yet up until this point in the season. They've left a lot to be desired, especially on the defensive end. I understand in the second half, we're one of the best defensive second half teams, but they get out to such deficits in that, in that, in that first half that they end up having to fight and come back from that they just don't have the energy to do. Now, this team has been at home for two days in a row. They have had rest. They do play Wednesday and Friday at home against the New York Knicks, which still is a weird part of the NBA uh, of the scheduling. But this team has to, like, at some point, right, I would either, at this point, I've been saying for the longest, right, at some point this team has to take some pride in themselves. I would say at this point either take pride or tuck your tail and run. Like, at, at one or the other. I can, I can rock with, if I could just know one way or the other, what the Chicago Bulls team is going to do night in and night out. And we just don't. That team that wears bulls across their chest, right, I just, I, it sucks that I can't say by any realistic perspective that we can bet on any level of play from this team right but we know what this team can be when this team does execute if Zach Levine is hitting the shots if, if the ball is moving around freely on this on the offensive side of the ball and not sticking in one player's hands and going heavy isolation ball we look like a way more formidable and, and scary offensive team when we're moving the ball around. But the fact of the matter is we just haven't had a large enough sample size and to see this team do it consistently enough to where we can bet that that's the level of play that they're going to bring against the New York Knicks. It just has, it, it just real, being realistic about it, not being optimistic, not being pessimistic, just being real and honest with this team. You cannot sit there and say that you expect this team to execute in any way, every single night as a team, right? Like I said, we can talk about individuals all day, but as a team. And that is why you see such the discourse amongst Bulls nations. That's why you see the varying opinions amongst Bulls nations. That's why you see the question marks around the extension of Billy Donovan when you have a level, like some of this has to go on the coach. I'm not saying it's all on Billy Donovan, right? I'm not Ricky Carroll where I blame everything on Billy Donovan and I'm not Pat, uh, Pat the designer where I think 
where I abstain Billy Donovan for some of the things that he does either. Every facet of this team, coaching, players, bench, everything has been so up and down. And some of the other things play into that, right? And injuries and not having certain players on certain nights. I get all of that. But for the Chicago Bulls to have the next two games at home, and if and we, we keep talking about can this team, will this team make the move and finally start getting above 500? Well, hell, I would hope so, but you can't bet on hope, right? You can say hope got up all day. That's, that's the church thing. You guys may not understand that. But with that being said, um, we can talk about the hope. We can talk about what this team can do. But I said it. I said it, I think, at this point, it was maybe two weeks ago. You got to show me. And this team has not shown it. In their last, what, in their last six, they are four and six. I mean, I'm sorry, two and four in their last six games. Two and four. And you remember when we had the back-to-back wins against Washington and Dallas and it felt good, right? This team, if they do win these next two games against the New York Knicks tonight, like I said before, I am calling it. Wynton Mahorn in the comments said to him, every single game is a must-win for this team at this point, and I can understand that. I try to be more realistic. There is part of me that absolutely wants to say every single win is a must win for the Chicago Bulls. But I'm going to say this. Every single game is a game where this team needs to show win or lose that they can play with the heart and the execution consistently. Right. Because you can execute a perfect game plan and still it result in a loss. And that's okay as long as you don't look like you were just completely outworked and, and, and caught off guard out there. But this Chicago Bulls team has to get their crap together, man. Or they don't, right? Or they don't. And then uh, shout out to the Orlando Magic who can get a, a, a top 10 pick from a team that should very well be a playoff team. And, and the way that, the, that this season has gone for the Chicago Bulls, the way that that kind of repaints the, even the Vooch trade, right? Like imagine if the Chicago Bulls were rocking and rolling. Let's say they were one of the top five seeds in the, in, in the Eastern Conference right now. And you do experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code Bull Central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You know that the Orlando Magic are getting that pick, but it's going to be outside the lottery. It's like, okay, hey, listen, they traded a non-lottery pick, one lottery pick on Wendell Carter for Nikola Vucevic. Okay. But the way that it's shaping up right now is that the Orlando Magic are about to get a pick as long as it does not fall out in the top four, a considerable lottery pick when their own pick is also going to be good. And we've just helped that franchise rebuild completely, maybe build a monster, right? When you look at Franz Wagner, what Wendell Carter's turned into, and then what this 
this this draft pick this upcoming year could turn into. And we'll talk about, you know, this team building here in the next segment. Uh, but it's just this season has just been so frustrating. It is. But again, like I said, realism, it's still not over. The Bulls are currently four games under 500 and four games out of being the five seed. It's not over. And that's like, you know, and that's the benefit of the parity right now in the NBA as well. But they're actually only three and a half games out of being the five seed. So shout out to that. Four games out of being the four seed. But this team, it, it, all the potential in the world does not matter. It does not matter. Right now, they have a point differential of zero, right? Literally middle of the pack. That is, as I said yesterday, that is one of the worst places to be in the NBA. And you're going to have to eventually make a decision. AK and Eversley are going to eventually have to make a decision. And not just one that's just the, the verbal. I don't care about no more words. They're going to have to make a decision by what they decide to do with this team by the trade deadline. Are you going to add something to it? Are you going to add some considerable talent to this team? Are you going to take away from it? What are you going to do? I still fight against the fact that this is not the year to go full rebuild if the Bulls do eventually decide to completely just throw everything away and keep a, a certain amount of players to kind of retool this roster completely around. But it's getting close to that time period. It's getting close to that time. So we'll see what happens with the Chicago Bulls. I do hope that they can play well against the New York Knicks. I will be dropping a special episode here in the middle of the day with my best friend, JB, who is a Knicks fan. We'll be going at it, Knicks versus Bulls. So be on the lookout for that. But right now, I want to hear from you guys. What are some of the things that you expect and want to see from the Chicago Bulls in this game against the New York Knicks? The first of two games at home. What I want to see is the consistent defensive effort. We tend to take care of the offensive side of the ball eventually, even with our shooting woes. This team needs to come in against a team that could be missing their starting point guard in Jalen Brunson, and they need to play great defense. Patrick Williams, how are you going to play against Julius Randle? Nikola Vucevic and Andre Drummond, how are you going to battle uh, Mitchell Robinson, Isaiah Hartenstein? What are you going to do, right, uh, in, in those type of matchups? Hopefully the Chicago Bulls take advantage, and we'll see what they can do. But the next thing that I want to do is talk up about a recent valuation of every team that came out. So the Bulls in that ranked number fourth as the most valuable team in the NBA with a value of $4.9 billion is the Chicago Bulls franchise. And this brings, of course, a natural question uh, to this of, okay, this team is clearly profitable. This team is profitable even when they are not winning. That is the benefit of the fan base of the Chicago Bulls. You have a worldwide fan base because of the, the Michael Jordan era of this team and because of the Derrick Rose era as well, kind of reinvigorating that. There are a lot of fans that became Bulls fans not because of the Michael Jordan era. They're too young for that. They became Bulls fans during the Derrick Rose era of this team. You have a worldwide fan base with this. You have the fourth most value in the NBA, and we don't necessarily spin like a big market team all the time. And I'm not one of those people who think that just going into the luxury tax is the mark of a team that is committed to winning. But I do think the avoidance of it does limit what your team can be and, 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 and will be and how good they can be, especially when you haven't drafted most of your team that's the key members. Uh, Alonzo, who's not in, Vooch, uh, DeMar DeRozan, even Zach Levine, right? All players that you traded for, they're not players that you um, that you drafted and were able to bring up here and then have, you, you they have larger contracts because of it. You see with the, with, with the NBA, it's one or two ways. Either you build through the draft and you build a championship contender, you get lucky. A lot of your draft picks hit. They become stars, if not superstars, and then you can get to NBA championship contender level. Or you pay for it, right? You go out in free agency, get spend a lot of money there. The Bulls have done neither in a way. They have spent money in free agency when you look at what they did, not this past offseason, but the season before. But the fact of the matter is this. You had a team that, for example, 
did not use their full mid-level exception only to avoid the luxury tax. And again, like I said, paying the luxury tax is not a thing that just all of a sudden means that you're going to be a championship-level team, but it does point kind of in that direction. Then on top of that, right, with the upcoming extensions, when you look at this team, we're going to have to pay big money to Iowa Desumu. Well, relative big money, right? That's coming up. What are you going to do with the Voos extension? If you're not going to extend them, are you going to trade and move the deal and bring in some more talent? What are you going to do there, right? DeMar DeRose is coming up. Patrick Williams extension is coming up. Like, we have so many things that are coming up. And when I, in, a, in yesterday's episode, I talked about how the combination of a hard cap and the rise in the salary cap, right, overall, and if there is a hard cap, how the Bulls could be in a unique position to take advantage of that because they're already used to saving money. The Chicago Bulls will not have to be one of the teams that has that hard cap, they then have to start asking questions like, hey, we are not going to be able to resign this dude. He's a big part of our team, but we're either going to have to trade two players to keep him and still give up talent, or we're going to have to give up a player and let a player kind of walk in free agency. The Bulls right now are not in that position even remotely. But when you hear the team has the fourth most uh, profitable team in the NBA, has the, has the four, fourth most wor worth, but doesn't spend like it, it's a little bit disheartening as a fan because it's like, what the team is spending is making money. It's not like you're spending roster, uh, spending money on a roster on a on a franchise that's not making money hand over fist. The you they are, and they, at the end of the day, is this the Reinsdorfs at some point also have to ask themselves, what are we doing here, right? What are we doing here? Is this just for us to make money off of, or do we actually want to to compete in this NBA? It's a little bit frustrating to hear as a fan. I'm not gonna lie. It's good to hear that we have that type of fan base, and that's why it's Bulls Nation is such a special part of the basketball community but at the end of the day it's this man some of the questions that we're dealing with some of the things that we're dealing with like we don't even know if this team even if a trade or a player did become let's say next offseason i've told you guys the chicago bulls can have about 15 million dollars in cap space next season are they going to spend that are they going to spend all of it and they'll have a mid-level exception are they going to spend both of those or is the fear of going over the luxury tax going to stop this team from adding the much-needed talent to this roster just questions man just questions let me know what you guys think on that one down below before we end today we have to talk about i'd be remiss if i not, did not talk about the nba renaming the mvp trophy the michael jordan trophy and what that means like and there's so many layers to what this means like the base is like a five-sided base which represents his five times that he's won um the, the mvp the weight of it is like uh, 2.3 like it's they, they've cooked in a lot of like easter eggs i guess i would call it um and shout out to the bulls for doing that but at the end of the day like is this like the trophy to me i don't really like the look of the trophy it doesn't it doesn't the look of it doesn't say michael jordan to me you can bake in all the easter eggs you want the five pointed base the 23 points on the crystal ball that's there all that is cool and fine and dandy don't get me wrong but at the end of the day i just look at it and i'm just like hey man that that the trophy could have been a lot better it could have been a lot better. I do like the other trophies a lot. Like the look of like the trophies, the other trophies that they did, like being kind of frozen in like this. I, I look at it as like being kind of frozen in ice, so to say. Those are dope. And not that the Michael Jordan trophy is bad because it's not. It just doesn't scream Michael Jordan to me. Um, but this is the Michael Jordan trophy is one of a bunch of trophies that were, that were renamed. So the MVP trophy is now the Michael Jordan trophy. Uh, the Clutch Player of the Year, which is the new one, that's the Jerry West trophy, which clutch player of the year is a weird one uh the defensive player of the year is now the akeem olajuwon trophy very much deserved on that one uh the nba rookie of the year is now the wilt chamberlain trophy uh we all know that's much deserved the john havlicek trophy is now the sixth man of the year award um and so uh so that listen and george micken 
Uh, the most improved uh, player of the year award is now the jo- George Mickin Trophy. And so, great to acknowledge. The NBA has been doing a lot better job at acknowledging some of their greats lately. When you look at renaming the All-Star MVP, the Kobe Bryant Award. The Eastern and Western Conference uh, Championship trophies are now the Larry uh, Bird and the Magic uh, Johnson trophies. Like, all that is great, and it feels good, right? And it's good that Michael Jordan, rightfully so, gets acknowledged by, by a league that he is the greatest of all time in. And I don't care what these LeBron James fans got to say when it's in regards to that. Um, but that's it for today's episode. Make sure you're following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I liked in every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See Red. And it's game day. So I'll see you guys for the pregame, halftime hangout, and postgame live streams all tonight. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.